Welcome to the Nerd Sloth Podcast, where uh, two two lazy nerds talk about whatever we got the energy for. My name's Chris. I'm Joseph. Um, okay, I'm gonna hit you with something real quick. Uh, a Ninja Turtles themed pizzeria. What do you? What's uh, your initial reaction? Because to me, that sounds like a gold mine. Do you I, think that's like? Do you think someone's already done that? I, I feel like they 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 couldn't though. I'm really trying to picture something in my head that makes me not hate this idea and I, I, can't. <laughs> Wait, I can't why would you hate it why would it just, you hate it it's just not a good idea i don't like there's How would nothing, it not be a good idea uh, every like anytime i see anything that is like reminiscent of chuck e cheese or whatever i'm just disgusted because i know well, no. like how nasty those places are I, I don't mean like animatronic ninja turtles i'm talking a pizza place you go in there maybe it looks like a sewer which now in retrospect already seems yeah. like a bad idea but, but you know what? Hipsters love places that look like garbage, you know, and if, sometimes those are the best. They have the best food. The and only, I'm saying, I don't. Okay. The on. only way this would be acceptable is if it was a pop up and it was, if it was temporary, this does not have the legs to last. So it's something that has to be like maybe for a month or two. It's, it pops up. It's a bar slash pizza place. Um, right, it's, right. it's Ninja Turtle theme. They can have like the whole sewer aesthetic going on, uh, whatever, that. but that's, that's it. Like I, I cannot see something like this being a permanent fixture anywhere because yeah, as cool as it sounds for like, oh, let's go check out this one place. that just came up. I like after a couple months, I would have forgotten about it or I'll just be like, oh, that place is still there. So there's nothing, <laughs> no part of me thinks that a place like that would actually last. If it were I mean, permanent. maybe it starts as a pop up and we just see how it does. And then maybe maybe it takes everyone by surprise. Nope, that's it's, and it's no, amazing. It's, it's a pop up. That's it. Nope, I'm cutting it off there. The amount of cool themed pizzas that you could do and, and cool themed drinks. You know, there's going to be a, a real green glowy ooze drink that you can order. Like, I, I love the sound of that. And, and you could do some of the pizzas that like. The turtles ordered in the cartoon, which sounds well, yeah, sure. terrible. But you know, people would do it just for funsies. Well, yeah, like you know? it'd be interesting. Yeah, for funsies. That's what I'm seeing. Like it'd be interesting <laughs> to order like the shredder, uh, like at one point in time. Ooh. Like it would be hot for a month or two, and what then it would just of- slowly interest would die down, and then it would just like die off. So if people are putting like all their money into this, like. It's just not a way. It's not a smart like business decision. What kind of pizza would the shredder be? Would it be? Uh, it would have to be a lot of like shreds your stomach lining. Like it's just lots. No, of, I'm like, thinking it's got to be a lot of like sliced, and... sliced up meat or something. But it's like maybe sliced chicken, but also like a lot of peppers in there too. You just like chicken on every pizza. Chicken's so fantastic that, on pizza. No, that's a that's a Especially stupid idea. Fajita. No chicken. Yeah, this is going to be a chicken-free, chicken-free pizzeria. Then I'm not coming. Chicken? No, they'll have. Otherwise, it's super boring. They'll have a. They'll have one chicken pizza. It'll be named after that duck. What was that duck's name from Ninja Turtles? Ace Duck. Ace Duck. Yeah, but why? Or maybe it'll be mock duck. It'll be a mock Ace Duck pizza. Was there any chicken? And I don't know if there was a chicken in the. (laughs) Regardless, I don't want to. No, like that's. No, that's like saying that 
there's actual turtle pizza. Like we're literally dining on turtle soup. We can't have that. People do that. I, no, People but I don't want to do soup, that. Turtle we, burgers. We can, we can have something that's called turtle soup, but it can't be actually be turtles. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't want to actually eat a turtle. My dad ate one once. He said he had a turtle burger and he said it was good. And then I didn't speak to him for a week. That feels like a mistake. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I mean, you, you okay, tell me. You can, you can, okay. Okay. Here's where I'm willing to, uh, well, I'm not willing to like go as far as you are. It's not a permanent <laughs> thing still, but if okay. we're talking about themed things, you got to have the Krang yeah. in there and that's a pizza, oh, yeah. but it's like a pizza with scrambled eggs on top, but the scrambled eggs have like a light pinkish food coloring in them. So it looks like oh. brain. <laughs> no, no, it's, no one's going to want that. No one will want it. I was thinking like it's extra. Lots of extra cheese, so it's real drippy. No, um, you're not using your imagination. You're being too basic. Maybe Put spam. scrambled eggs, like maybe spam for the pink. Mm, no, it just good. it wouldn't have the same consistency as scrambled eggs. Scrambled spam eggs are and very sauerkraut. Like sauerkraut I say, sounds, spam and no, that's gross. Spam uh, sauerkraut and lots of extra cheese. I want to know who who else would be into that, and I'm gonna make that pizza for myself now so at some point and call it the cream someone's gonna hear this it. and they're gonna be like man that that scrambled egg with a little bit of food coloring and it sounds genius let's that do it that dis- way because that's, that's the right way so it just scrambled what else is gonna be on it you can't just say it doesn't matter what else you put on scrambled it eggs is the pizza you just have to base it around this like scrambled eggs all right you, eggs you on pizza me. are delicious. Have you ever had an egg on a pizza? It's fantastic. Only sunny side up eggs. Yeah. I've never had scrambled eggs on a pizza. It's fine. An egg is an egg is an egg. It's it fine. Was like, it was work. like, it was like sunny side up and it was like leeks and green onions and lots of fresh cracked pepper. It, okay. It scrambled eggs with some hot sauce on it too, like sprinkled throughout it so that the hot sauce almost like emulates like the veins on this crane oh, brain gross. as it seeps into the edges of the, the crevices of the egg. What you're trying to do is just sabotage my brilliant idea at this no. point. I'm trying to you're save. Trying to destroy I'm gonna try, I'm trying to save your bad idea. So oh, you're welcome. No, this is terrible. This is terrible. You obviously you don't like this idea. Give me what other franchise would make a better restaurant. You tell me that. What would be I, better than a pizzeria French like themed after the Ninja Turtles? I'm not saying that that wouldn't be a good idea. I'm just saying it wouldn't be a good permanent idea. It needs to be a pop up. I'm pro pop up when it comes to these themed restaurants because they okay. just don't have lasting power. But your but your pizza idea is so gross. No, it like I would eat that pizza and I'd be entertained by the the visuals of it. Okay, I want I'm going to challenge you. I want you to make and eat that pizza. I don't cook get well. One, <laughs> it's a pizza. You put a cheese pizza in the oven, then and put then some scrambled egg eggs it. over it okay. and, and and mix some food coloring in with your scrambled eggs. Throw it on there. Put some hot some veiny hot sauce <laughs> over it and then chow down. Yeah, I don't. I think Do it'll it. be it'll be better than sauerkraut. Sauerkraut's gross. A sauerkraut's so delicious. Where, all, where, what are you doing? Everything that I just described is better than sauerkraut. I'll do my <laughs> I'll do a sauerkraut and spam pizza, and you do your scrambled egg and hot sauce pizza with pink food coloring. Yeah, 
and it's gonna and we'll be good. See. We'll see. And it's how, gonna play. It it's gonna play better into the theme. You're being boring by I got pink going meat. with yours. I literally am putting pink meat in it. <laughs> But it doesn't have the same consistency. It, it'll it look, look like I chopped crang-ish. up a crang and I'm going to eat it. <laughs> what other pizzas would we have there then? We did We did the shredder, kind of. We did we need, the crang. There's got to be some sort of bebop, some sort of rock steady. I don't know what they would be. Well, well, well obviously, be, the, yeah, the bebop's got to be... Bebop would be pork, pork. obviously. Um, yeah. Like some sort of maybe spicy pork. Like maybe multiple kinds of sausage or something. A rock steady, I'm thinking that's more of like um like steak or something, you know? Like um it's, chopped steak on there. Maybe the rock steady just has to be like I don't know, like maybe okay, so the rock steady pizza has breadsticks shaped like horns sticking out of it. Ooh, okay. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. If we were okay, if we were gonna theme one pizza after each Ninja Turtle. And and each one of those has like one specific ingredient or characteristic that would reflect those turtles. Like who would get what? Because I feel like uh, Leonardo Raps has to be the spiciest one. Yeah, Raps will be a spicy one. Leonardo's would be a pepperoni pizza. Like his just a basic pizza. It's still good, <laughs> but it's a basic. basic pizza. Yeah. Oh, sad. Uh, um, what about Donatello? Don- How do you represent Donatello in a pizza form? Don- it would have to be something like really for smart. a pizza like connoisseur, like someone like uh, it's got to be the smartest pizza. Whatever. Yeah, it's got to have like a lot of. It's got to have ingredients that look like they should not work. But then, like, when you taste it, you're like, oh, my God. Like, how? So, how? Yeah. You know? Right. It's got to. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be an experiment, but one that works. And then and it, the Michelangelo is maybe just everything. It's Yeah. <laughs> Michelangelo has it. to have anchovies on it. There are people who and love pineapple. anchovies. Should I like yeah. anchovies? Yeah. Uh, I, I can yeah. do them in moderation. I think like, it's got to be I've a had, lot of moderation because they are so salty. Yeah. I've had anchovies on pizza. And I don't mind them. The problem is, like, whenever I order them, they, like, are, like, here's 30 anchovies on your one slice. Yeah, because they're trying to get rid of their anchovies because no one else wants them. Like, each slice has, like, a whole school of fish on it. And I'm like, God, I'll I'll die if I eat that. I will shrivel up into a little mummy. To be preserved in the Smithsonian, and they'll be like, "How how did this mummy get preserved?" And they'll be like, "Well, he ate he ate some sardines, and this is the result." So don't do that. So I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, I think that really covers it. Like I <laughs> I feel like that gives us I'm most pretty, of I'm what satisfied we need now. Yeah, I feel I feel better about it. You know. Yeah, a little uh, bit better about it. So. There, there we go. Yeah, so um, this is our pop-up, and otherwise there will be themed drinks or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely themed drinks. Uh, I mean, everything's going to be green. All of the, all the drinks are green. Well, yeah, you got to go Let's green. just do that. Well, every single drink is green. Okay, well, hold on. Yes, green, but the glasses specifically have to have, like, the banding around them, like purple, blue, Ooh. orange, and red bands around them. I like that. To play That's into pretty the theme. Good. Because it'll have like a nice it. contrast of the green against the red band. And okay. Yeah. Fair. Fair. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, how's things been? What have, oh. what have you been doing? Since last we recorded, just really absorbing a ton of board game stuff. I You're watch still board, on that game board game videos. Game yeah. Yeah. I watch board game videos daily for different ideas, different recommendations. I've really been super into co-op board games, which 
as what we were saying last time. So less about the competition, more about just like teamwork. Like that's just been super fun of just getting together with friends and trying to accomplish a specific objective. Yeah, we were we were discussing the the ins and outs of you creating board dash last week. <laughs> yes, yes. Which uh, TM trademark. Um, no one steal that, please. Uh, so like. Have there been like new ones that you've got your eye on that you haven't um, purchased yet that you're kind of like waiting on? The only one that I'm really like, I guess. Well, okay, I guess the only one I'm really waiting on waiting on is there's this expansion for the Marvel Champions card game that is X-Force based. And it's going to have it comes with Domino and Cable as their primary heroes with like, you know, various villains from X-Force in there. Cool. And I just think, yeah, that's just a, such a cool idea. And I love Domino as a character. So I think that'll be a lot of fun once those actually come in. Um, aside from board game stuff, I have been playing video games here and there, whatever I've had time to, which has mostly been Wild Frost, which is a new like um, roguelike card deck building kind of game. I, I saw that, but I don't know much about it other than it is a card type game. So fill me in on on that one. I mean, that one's just like uh, you are. Oh, I don't even know like what kind of actual characters these are, but it's just different tribes that you're like going through this journey through the Arctic or whatever. You're one of three different tribes. There's like, but it's like almost fantastical in a way, too. I don't know that it's got like a lot of fantasy elements to it, but there seems to be like dwarves and stuff in it as well. You're fighting just like different kinds of things like, um, I don't know, yetis and beasts and sometimes penguins with swords and stuff. It's really <laughs> weird. Like I cannot like really describe it outside of it's a really well animated card game with great art. And if you like tactical roguelite kind of runs and it's really fun, but it is challenging like i have lost so many times because it is really hard to get your deck built up in such a way that you're going to be able to i guess get through it at least at the point that i am now i think it's a rogue light in the sense that like you are making steady progress as you're going and unlocking new things but uh it's just been it's really challenging but it's like the the kind of challenging that's very like addictive because i'll get into it i'll lose like in maybe the second or third realm. And then I'll just want to start right back over because I'm like, okay, I got an idea for this next one or whatever. So it's it's really been fun. I would recommend giving it a shot if you like roguelike games and card games. And this is a really good one. Is there like any other like similar games that you've played before that you would compare this to? I guess kind of like Slay the Spire would be the oh, okay. easiest yeah, example. Played that. Yeah, yeah. Except instead of like climbing a tower or whatever, you're just kind of going through, I don't know, the, these are enemies or place. Yeah, yeah or you're fighting Arctic. enemies along the way. And there's various uh, things you can do or different kind of building up that you can do to your character. Like, am I going to be poison based? Is my character going to be like defense based? And am I going to just need to be like a retaliation type character who I need to get hit first to strike back? It's like there's a lot. You take into account you're essentially controlling one character, but then you're picking up allies as you go through that you can put out on the field. So it's 
it's not a straight card game in that it's like you play a card, they play a card, like that's it. It's like you're putting these cards out on this plane and location of the card matters um, because that's almost like where they would be in an in our, a tactical RPG, I guess, where it's like, okay, oh, this okay. character is behind this character, so she can't be hit, so I don't have to worry about her getting hit right now. Let me move this character in front of this other one to protect them. Things like that. So there's a good tactical sense to it. And it's not just like a straight like uh, card playing game. So that's what I, I've really been enjoying it. I don't know. Like, I think the the feelings about it are kind of mixed initially, maybe because it's so challenging. I haven't really read sure. up on why it's mixed. But yeah, actually, it went up to mostly positive. So. Oh, OK. Yeah. Try try it out sometime. Uh, the, when you explain that part of it about how there's like some tactics parts of it that reminded me of um it's called uh night of the full moon it's a free game it's got some stuff that you can pay for like other classes and stuff and it on the surface level it's gonna sound kind of weird but it is like a a card based it's a deck builder um roguelite also semi-themed about red riding hood which sounds like it that like I know that might not sound appealing to a lot of people, but the artwork is really good. The game mechanics are fantastic, especially because you can pick different classes that, you know, have different abilities and things like that. And then on top of that, you can collect or buy your different cards to build your deck as you fight like all of these really different enemies that are really cool. There's hundreds of different enemies with um, totally different arts. There's a lot of voice acting for each of those enemies too. And depending on choices that you make, the last boss that you fight will depend on like what choices you made through your run, which is kind of cool. And then the reason that I thought of it is um, that was kind of like the base game that they started with. They've been adding a lot of stuff over the years and they added like um, this other mode. um, And I'm not sure when they added it, at least in the last year, I think that is called uh, I want to say it's like either the magic mirror or the dark mirror or something like that. And that is like um, kind of like what you were talking about, where they take like some of the same sort of cards and stuff like that. And then they put it in a tactics like thing instead where you're you're climbing a tower is sort of like Slay the Spire, but you're doing like this tactical, like grid arranged thing with your cards where the the cards up front, like the four up front will get hit before the four in the back. So yeah. you like, you know, get your tank cards out there. You've got your cards in the back or typically usually like buffing cards and um, doing things like that. So yeah, that's, it's, it's cool. It's a really fun game. And since it's free too, I got to throw that out there. It's, it's, I mean, why not? Um, you can get on Steam and mobile. Um, and I've got it on both and I've played it on both many, many times. The artwork especially is, I think, what initially got me interested in like, hey, I'll check this out. And then I was just like, holy crap, this is actually really fun. So uh, I got real sucked into that one. And I think like four years ago, and I have not looked back, like I still play it. It's probably my most played mobile game for sure Hmm. Uh, i'd recommend i really think you'd be attracted to wild frost even if you just saw the art like it's very much like up your alley as far as art styles go yeah i saw the i saw an image of it from the store page and like the, the art is is fairly similar to like the game i was just talking about like that that sort of style 
like really colorful and kind of cute art and stuff. And I love that aesthetic. So yeah, I'm definitely interested. It's got an anime-esque style too, but like uh, kind of chibi-ish, I guess. I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know how yeah. to describe it. One of the characters, just to, I guess, elaborate on the weirdness a little bit is like a buff radish. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really know how else nice. to describe him. He's like a buff well, radish yeah. man with a big club. So it's well, like, that's cool. If that sounds appealing to you, if you want to see a radish with abs, then hey, this game is for you. Who doesn't want to see a vegetable like a radish with with abs, but also a cute little derpy face? So yeah, yeah I yeah. <laughs> if that doesn't sell it for you, I have never in my life up until this point got to embody a radish that I can beat someone down with. You know. And what's sad yeah. too is this this radish would be in better shape than than myself, which that that's gonna open a whole new door of just um body dysmorphia for me that <laughs> <laughs> remember kids that, eat your veggies. vegetable yeah, yeah well yeah if I eat him, will I gain his life source <laughs> will i will I grow abs eating this radish man? I don't know, but i it might be worth a shot. I'll try I'll yeah, eat him. I gotta try to find out okay. If someone wants a good comparison, it just came to mind. This game is a lot like Monster Train. Okay. In, in the sense that it's a deck builder and it's lo- a lot, location matters a lot. So with Slay the Spire, that's not really the case. It's like you're just like left and right. You're facing each other the yeah. whole time. With Monster Train, there are different levels of this like multi-level train. And where you are on the train, uh, either in whatever level you're on, there's like a front and the back too. So location on each level matters. And then the which level you're on matters as well for how you're going to defend this um, this point on the train that you don't want the enemy to get to. So there's a lot like a lot in that game that reminds me of um, Wild Frost or vice versa. So if you ever played Monster Train, you'll have a good kind of indication of what you're getting yourself into. Well, I haven't, but <laughs> that's, that's another one on my, you know, very long list of games I need to get to. You know, someday I'll get there, but um, yeah. it, it looks cool. I watched you and David play it a long time ago, and I, I was just like, man, that looks so cool. I really want to oh, yeah. try that out. So th- this is a question I want to ask you, is that, like, I feel like the majority of games that you in particular, sir, play are roguelites or roguelites. Like, what keeps you going to those that kind of genre specifically? Do you think there's like something specific? Like, is there a common thread between all these games? I think a lot of it, like the best roguelikes anyway, are ones that have a lot of variety in them. Like, essentially, in the best ones, no run is ever going to be the same as the last one. So even though they'll have commonalities to them, obviously the objectives are similar. Like what you're equipped with, it has a lot to do with RNG, just random number generation, just roles of like, okay, so here's the three characters I get to choose from this time, three randomized kind of characters. Let me choose this one and see what kind of path I can make. And then it's like, okay, how do I want to path myself out based on the cards that I'm picking up? What kind of cards do I want to be looking for? Even if if it's not like something I can like pre-plan to the point where it's like, okay, I need to specifically get this, this and this because you don't know exactly what's going to show up. You can at least have an idea of how you want to create your character. What I like about that is the freedom in the sense that 
you're kind of getting a different experience each time. And I am a person who really thrives on variety. I get so bored with repetition of things and uh, just doing the same thing over and over. So if I get to change it up, even if it's only a little bit every time, then that's like, you know, that that's gold to me right there is getting to a lot of like, that's a lot of the reason why I like um a lot of Souls-like games too, is because I could run through the whole game with like a giant, you know, guts berserk sword, or I can be just a dagger wielder the whole time. Like I've got options and I could change that on the fly if I wanted to. So it's like, I need, I need options in my game. I cannot just have a game that just walks me through a straight path without giving me the ability to kind of create my own path. Okay. Uh, so what would be your, if you had to assemble like a top, I feel like top 10, top 10 would be too much. If you had to assemble a top five of your favorite roguelikes or roguelites, what would your, what's your top five? Okay. Um, just purely on time played, I think, uh, Monster Train, the one I mentioned earlier, is going to be in there for sure. Um, uh, Slay the Spire, just because it's kind of like not really the grandfather of that, but one that I really enjoyed playing and one that other people obviously enjoy, too, because there's been like there's like an officially released fan made mod to it um, to where it adds more content to Slay the Spire, which is really cool. And I'm I'm. I haven't oh, yeah. played it yet, but I, I did pick it up. Well, it's free, so I did like download it. I just haven't jumped in yet. I did download that too, and I totally forgot about it till now. Okay. Yeah, well, now we got to try it. It's called Downfall. It's a Slave yes. Aspire fan expansion. Yes. Okay. Um, so that's two. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. Death Road to Canada. I think you've played that one with me. <laughs> that yeah, one Death Road is... to Canada is super fun. I hope if if you have not played that one... Uh, any folks listening, I hope that you give that one a shot. It is super fun. It is, it is fun and it is hilarious sometimes. So like, essentially it's all in the name. Like it's, you're trying to get to Canada. There's a zombie apocalypse going on. You're just trying to survive on this road trip to Canada. And what's great about it is, uh, you don't know what you're going to run into along the way. Um, at at a certain point, like you create your own characters, or you can create your own character. Like I know, like yeah, I've put you and me in there or something. And but there's a good possibility that you might just your character might just die off. Like it's it doesn't matter necessarily uh, on a character to character basis as long as like somebody's alive because you're going to pick up allies along the way too. Um, at a certain point when I was playing with uh, one of my other friends, like we had picked up a dog along the way who uh, like, because one of us had like pet speak or something where we could speak to animals. And then we died, but our dog lived. So it was just the dog driving the rest of the way to Canada (laughs) for as long as he could survive. Yeah. And at at a certain point, like I picked up uh, one of the characters who came with me was like essentially a Thor knockoff. He had a, yeah, he had lightning powers and everything, but I've only seen him once. I played this game so many times. I probably have like uh, over 100 hours in it overall, and I've only seen this character once. And so it's like you never really know what's going to come up in games like that. And that's what's so exciting about it is the surprise element. Let me tell you my favorite uh, memory from playing that game Yeah, was uh, you and I were playing it together. We ran into some folks like um, in, in some encampments. They were selling stuff. 
And my character, like, I was just being a huge jerk to everybody. And some dude was, like, um, going on and on about, like, anime or something. And, like, you choose from, like, pre-made responses and stuff. And because I was trying to play my character, like, being a complete jerk, I chose the meanest one, which is just anime isn't real. And the guy, like, ran (laughs) off crying. But then, like, in the next scene, we find a magical girl who just looks like Sailor Moon. And then she, like, she joins our group. And, like, we were laughing so incredibly hard that that happened. But then this magical girl, like, obliterates everything. Like, (laughs) she has, like, these eye beams or something. And she's just destroying all the zombies and stuff. But over time, she starts, like, her head starts expanding. And she just starts, like, getting all goopy looking, like, she was like overheating and everything. Yeah. So eventually she just kind of went Bleh, and died. <laughs> and when that happened, we had gotten so big of heads it, with like how we were playing because we we're like, we're unstoppable with our magical girl. <laughs> and when she went down, I got killed so fast. Yeah. And you were trying to carry my body out of this place after our magical girl died. And you just couldn't get me back in the car. And then I got eaten. Yeah. Um, so it was such a wild, fun game. So like, it seriously is, it's it's some of the most fun ever I've had with a roguelike. So like, yeah, I have to recommend that one too. That one's great. Yeah, so that one definitely belongs on the list. What was that, three that I've named so far or four? Three, three. Three, okay. Um, definitely have to throw Enter the Gungeon in there. Super okay. fun, uh, well animated. Um, it's had a lot of like, spinoffs even like exit the gungeon is one of them which is kind of more of a platformer than it is like a a top down or three-fourths view roguelike um and then oh man i only have one more if i'm doing number one spot oh oh, hades i well okay this isn't in any particular order i because i i'll i would change my mind too quickly so but hades has to be in the top five too because hades is an amazing game and one that has a lot of replayability to it because I've beaten, okay, so Hades is one of the easier ones of the bunch because I've beaten it many times. It encourages you to beat it and like try new things and whatever. As the more you beat it, like the more of the story behind it you're unfurling. And that's the appealing part. So it's not as much sure. about the entire adventure as much as it is getting to the end. So you can find out what is actually happening and continuing conversations with your father, you know, Hades himself, uh, and uh, the various other things that happen in that game. Like, that's the really interesting part about it. The gameplay is fantastic. Like, I don't want to downplay that. But the real treat is seeing the story unfold as you the more times you beat it, which essentially all you're trying to do is uh, get out of hell or get out of Hades by defeating your dad and uh, giving your dog Cerberus a treat so that he lets you through and then <laughs> defeating your father so that you can leave hell to go uh, without giving any spoilers just to to get to the outside out of curiosity, essentially. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, great game. I got to say, I am very surprised to not hear dead cells in the top five. Very yeah. surprised by that. Yeah, you know, I love Dead Cells. I really do. But there's none of those that I could think of really replacing. Maybe like it would be six, though. If, if I had a top six, it would, six, it would be in there. But I <laughs> nobody couldn't, does I, the top six. There are no exactly. top six. So I'm, I'm so, exactly. So I'm sorry to Dead Cells. It's You're on a the cutting fantastic room floor. game. Yeah, it just 
it's an honorable mention because You're dead to me, dead cells. The other ones are just so good that I I feel bad not putting them in my top five. Well, just it's too bad. Purely based on the amount of times that I've played them. Is there any that um is there any that are popular that you don't like? Like any ones that are um I don't know, kind of in the the community that get played a lot or or get a lot of I don't know, like press time, like you know, on things like IGN, Polygon, stuff like that, that you're, you try and you're just like, nah, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this one. It's not good. Uh, I guess there's none that I can really like call out like that. Cause all of them that I've played, I've enjoyed for one reason or another. Some I've just played longer than others because some of them, like you get through it once and you're like, okay, like that's cool. But there's not, I don't really have incentive to play through it again. Like I, I would say those are the worst of the games, but even those aren't bad. It's just like a right. one and done thing. And so it was fun on the first time through, but you don't really feel like going through it again. Um, Binding of Isaac, another one I should throw out just because I know people oh, yeah. will call me out if I don't. Great game. Just not one that I put enough hours into to really like put it in my top five. But another awesome roguelite game. I got to do a commercial for Binding of Isaac last oh, year. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it, it's in a similar vein to uh, Enter the Gungeon and just the way that it plays, just a, a twin stick shooter kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to ask, was there any that like you played it once and you're just like, eh, I'm done. That's it. I don't need to play it again. Oh, oh man, you have to throw Risk of Rain 2 in there also. Oh, oh, there's God. just too many. No, Honorable you mentions. only Honorable get mentions. five. You I'm honorably mentioning. I'm honorably mentioning things. No, you can't honorable mention every game <laughs> <laughs> you've ever played. That is, that's not how this works. I just need people to know that they exist. Are there any games from like back in the day that like technically if you thought about now, you'd be like, oh yeah, that was a roguelike or that was a rogue that we d- wouldn't have thought about that that's what it was back in there? Because I'm thinking like in my head, I'm like Oregon Trail, like back when we were kids was basically like a rogue because like once you're dead, you're dead and you don't... <laughs> You don't like get new stuff and then try again with like extra like abilities or anything. You just you start over and I'm like, you know, I never thought about that. You, if you're going to go that far, then you could even say things like, um, I don't know, Fatal Fury or uh, King of the Monsters were roguelikes because like once you die, you have to start over. I mean, and that's fair, not fair. really like what the. I, I guess with okay. the with the good roguelike, it's like you go through. There's random progression in there, and I or random uh, random items that you pick up to kind of strengthen yourself. I think that's essentially what m- makes it more of a roguelike, and uh, maybe progression. Even if you're dying, like you still start over, but you've got something that makes gives you a little bit better of a chance next time. But those older games, like there's not really randomness to it. Uh, it, like if you're going through Streets of Rage, you're just going to go through. Sorry, I didn't mean Fatal Fury earlier. I meant Streets of Rage. That's Streets what I meant of Rage. To say. Sure. So Streets of Rage. If you're going through it, like you're just going to go through it, and once you're done, like there's not really a whole lot to bring you back into it because it's going to be kind of the same trip, no matter what. What would you classify as just a rogue versus a rogue like? Well, rogue. Everything's a rogue like because Rogue was the original game that did this. That's why it's a rogue like. Oh! Okay, that's okay. Do you uh, explain that to me? Because like, shame on me for not knowing anything about that. I don't know a whole lot. Are you about Google the original. searching Rogue right now? I'm trying to because I don't know anything about the original game aside from this is where that name originated. 
Uh, Let's find because, out. Let's find out about it real quick. So Rogue, also known as Rogue Exploring the Dungeon of Doom, is a dungeon wow. crawling video game. Uh, I guess just the system of it is what has inspired the rest of these games, uh, the gameplay of the rest of these games, which is why they're roguelikes. Yeah, in the same way that a Souls-like is a game that has, you know, bonfire, dodge rolling, uh, and uh, extreme difficulty, things like that. Okay, that's that's interesting. See, I never knew this. So I feel like I've learned something today and become, one, a better person, and two, also a target for all of the neckbeards out there because they're going to be coming <laughs> for me now. Yeah. Like, they're outside the door with their, uh, what kind of weapons do they have? Do they have weapons? I don't know. Mm, keyboard warriors is what the, they all They've are. got their keyboard weapons ready for me to, to shame me for not knowing that this game from, what, 1980 is what started the, the trend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, 1980. I guess, I guess that's really interesting because it's like I I don't think about I don't think about that game ever because I I don't You're right I've never played that game. I just know of it as a as a roguelike. I just I knew that it was the origin of it, but I've never looked into that game itself. Sure, nor played it. So it it I I I'm not sure how much similarity it has to the current style of things. I and see, maybe it's like the permadeath or something, or just like the the way that it is randomly generated. I think that's a big part of it probably is a random generation of, of levels and stuff too. Yeah. I started playing um, the hardcore version of, I don't remember if I said this last week, I started playing the hardcore mode on um, Pathway recently so that there's permadeath the, the of the characters. Of, the amount of times you've played through games is astonishing to me. I don't know how many, how many Dude, times you've beaten Pathway. Hey man, neurodivergency is a... <laughs> <laughs> it, it can be both a boon and a curse sometimes because you get real obsessed with with certain things. But like I've I've played Pathways so many times now. I've definitely got over a hundred hours in that one, like easily. Yeah, I'm doing my let's plays. I'm recording my let's play series of the regular mode, but I'm playing my hardcore mode uh, for my Steam Deck, and that I like. I like it. I'm having a good time with it. I usually don't play permadeath, like if like as just a mode on a game that it's an option, but I'm like, I've beat it, you know, so many times that I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try it and I'm going to make it really hard. And it, it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's definitely hard. I like the idea of permadeath in a game like, um, like a tactical RPG type game where it's like, I've just got my it. party members. Uh, well, I mean, like, uh, you essentially do have that in things like, I don't know, Final Fantasy Tactics or whatever. But yeah. there are specifically games like um, even Fire Emblem, one of the latest ones, where you can put on permadeath. So it's like if your party member dies in battle, like they're just gone. I think that really adds it ups the stakes in it. Absolutely. But it also makes it kind of more interesting from a storytelling perspective where it's like, oh, this thing happened and now my character is just gone forever. This character that I may have grown an attachment to for whatever reason it's the same reason why they do the Nuzlocke thing with Pokemon games. Yeah, I would love to do that one day or not do that and watch you do that one day. <laughs> it seems like a really entertaining thing. All, all I remember of the rules of it exactly are like you have to catch like the first Pokemon that you encounter in each zone and you have to name them so that you grow more attached to them. And then if if they die, you know, if they faint in battle, you have to consider them dead. 
yeah. and either put them, either release them entirely or put them in a box in the, uh, in the med center, the Pokestop. I think center. you're supposed to release them. I think release I think them. I, I've seen both ways. So it's like you could do either or depending on how you want to play it. But if you're yeah. really going into it, yeah, basically the idea is you just, they're gone from your game. Right. And you have to kind of start fresh. So that makes it in a game that's really not all that challenging. Usually the Pokemon franchise like that gives that adds a little bit of an edge to it to make it the stakes a little higher. Do you feel like Nintendo or like Game Freak is like real bummed out about that? Do you think that they like because I know Nintendo gets so touchy over everything. Do you think they see people doing Nuzlocks and they're just like, don't do that. Please don't. We will cease and desist you. No, I think it's the same as like any creator who makes a game and then people try to add their own like sense of difficulty to it. Like even like Elden Ring, I'll bring that up. Yeah. Has what is essentially something that is not easy mode, but it makes it easier if you summon companions. Like if you have your summons out, it's going to be remarkably easier than if you're just trying to do it alone. I did it alone because I like that added challenge, but it's like that's not necessarily the way that it was intended to be played. Obviously, there those summons wouldn't be there for no reason, but you kind of have to add your own challenge to things to keep it entertaining for you. So I don't think developers care as long as you're you know you buy their game and are playing it i think that's ultimately what really matters to them yeah well i would say that about most most developers i think nintendo i i feel like is usually a special case which is why like they constantly are like like you know every time they put out a new system they introduce like a new virtual store and you like buy stuff digitally on there and they're, they're like nope we took it away now you have to rebuy it again like they don't they don't give two craps <laughs> about like um the gamers half the time. So it's like I don't know. I I eh, eh. Yeah, I guess that's, that's all I gotta it, say. I, <laughs> I guess a a big concern about like the Switch Pro or Switch Two or whatever it's gonna be is that the Nintendo online store is gonna do the same thing where it's like none of it's backwards compatible and it's like, oh wow, I just bought all these things for the Switch that I can't even play on my Switch 2 or whatever it is. That is totally a move they would do. Absolutely. That is a huge bummer. Like if I, you know, I I go back and forth on Nintendo stuff. I generally like Nintendo products, but the 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 Switch hardware has just been going downhill for the past couple years, especially like with the latest Pokemon game being a big like example of just that. Just a steaming hot pile. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I get that it's not all on Nintendo, you know, some of it's Game Freak or whatever, but or the Pokemon company, whoever makes the actual games now. I mean, they own it, though. Yeah, it's like, yeah, true. But so it's like I I just think and and I've seen like that get modded to not modded, but it's uh, them playing it on a, a virtual emulator of the Switch and it running better. So it's like, okay, it's not the software as much <laughs> as it is the hardware that's holding it back. And that brings that concerns me a little bit about uh the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom that's coming out soon is like is it am i gonna run into the same issues because like breath of the wild i remember it running pretty smoothly i think but that was years ago so it's like unless they really just use the exact same system for the the creating the game on i I don't know like yeah i i want 
it to get progressively better, but I just don't think it can get much better than that on the Switch. That's why they need to bring out new hardware and it needs to be backwards compatible because otherwise it just really feels like we're throwing money into a hole. They need hardware that can compete with everybody else that's creating gaming devices. Like if if the Steam Deck is more powerful than what Nintendo can put out, which it is. Oh, yeah. They've done something horribly wrong, you know? Yeah, at least take inspiration from the Steam Deck's release and, you know, build your next hardware up on that or with that in mind. I th- Like, Nintendo is just always behind a generation or two. Yeah. And they're and just I, not... Yeah, it's like they refuse to progress. And I feel like it's because they always get really stuck on doing a new gimmick, you know? Like, they yeah. never are just like, hey, let's make a new system. Let's make it better, um, better graphics, better processor. It'll be faster. Um, It can handle more. It's got more storage. Instead, they're like, we've got this new system where you can use your feet to control this character now. So like when Mario jumps, you have to jump. And it's like, uh, we didn't want that. I never wanted motion controls. Just like if I wanted motion when I was doing things, I would move. I would go outside, but I don't (laughs) want to touch grass. I just want to stay in and play games. Right. I just, I remember when it, when the Wii first came out, I was just like, oh, you know, that might be kind of cool for like Zelda, like swing the thing around like a sword. That might be kind of cool. But then like, when in actual execution where you have to swing it very specifically and like hardly ever actually worked. And then they're like, oh, sorry, you got to buy this, this upgrade, this big old sleeve for your controller or else. Yeah. You're going to be like not hitting anything. It's like, oh, damn it, Nintendo. When I play games, I'm trying to relax. So the last thing I want to do when I'm relaxing is work out (laughs) while playing my game. Nintendo wants you to work out, man. They they made the Wii Fit for a reason. You could do yoga using your your uh, yeah, video game. I, I feel like yeah, the the intent is there, and I appreciate that. But at the same time, don't build your whole hardware around things like that. Uh, just a straight gimmick. Yeah, yeah, it's too gimmicky. The Switch is a handheld. That's great. That's a great idea. It's just falling behind in the the hardware sense where it can't even run its own games well anymore. So yeah. it's time to move forward. Keep it. You can make a switch pro or whatever. That's like better handheld device, but don't add anything else to it. I don't want anything else there. Just make it a better switch. That's what it's called. Better switch. Yeah. Nin- just, uh, <laughs> yeah Nintendo better B- switch. Nintendo BS. Better yeah. switch. <laughs> BS. For a second, I was just like, how do we shorten it? And then I was like, uh, B switch bit. Oh, no, no, we can't. <laughs> nope. It's, it's can't the do Nintendo that. BS. N- yeah. Nintendo bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope they don't do a stupid gimmick this time around. I really just, I just want them to make like, here's the switch again. It works this time. Here's the switch, but it can run your switch games. It's like, oh, nice. Yeah. And and maybe we've built some extra apps into it or something like you can do more, more stuff with it and everything works great. That's that's it. That's what it does. And I'm like, perfect. That's what I needed it for. Thank you so much. Because right now it just feels like it just feels like I'm using a a 10 year old computer to try to run games that are coming out now. Right. And that's but but instead of 
you know, just upgrading my graphics card or motherboard or whatever, I can't do anything. I just have to wait for Nintendo to do it for me. And that's very frustrating. It's a big bummer. Real quick, I just want to share that I've been, uh, I told you this a little bit, but for the listeners, I've been playing a lot of Golf Club Wasteland, which is pretty fun. It's a golfing game and it's got a wasteland. It's like the earth has been destroyed. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's on the nose. Um, yeah. You're you're an astronaut who comes down. And what's different about this versus most golf games, like we've played a lot of golf games together and it's always like you're behind the ball. Um, you shoot the ball. It's more three dimensional. This is all like like 2D, basically. Um and uh, the obstacles get extremely intricate um, and the holes are like progressively get really challenging, but like so challenging that like you're going to see like some par 11s and, and just like ridiculous stuff. But yeah, Earth is like a wasteland and you play this guy in a spacesuit and everything and you're just playing golf on this destroyed Earth because Earth is literally just a place where like tourists from Mars come and just play play some golf. Like, that's it. And as you play, like, you learn a little bit about what happened. You learn a little bit about maybe there are some survivors still on Earth. And um, it's got some cool music and stuff, too, interspersed with, like, they make it feel like a real radio station in the future where, like, you know, there's, like, a radio personality that talks and brings people on and they have some banter, like almost like little talk shows in between the uh, music and stuff. So it feels like a almost like a living, breathing kind of radio station that you're listening to as you play, which I really like that aspect of it. But it, it is extremely challenging. Um, it's got uh, several different modes and stuff like that. So you can make it even more challenging than it already is just right out the right out the gate. So um, I definitely recommend it. It's It doesn't cost much on Steam. I don't remember how much it was, but I've been having a really fun time with it on Steam Deck. It works really good on Steam Deck if you want to do that. So um, real easy, just sit back, chill, and uh, play some golf on a derelict earth. And occasionally you'll see an albino giraffe or some other albino creatures because whatever happened, like all the uh, all the creatures are albino on earth now. The squirrels, everything. They'll steal your balls. What What's it called again? Golf Club Wasteland. Huh. I would highly recommend. There is a game, just to kind of tie the last two subjects we had together. There's a roguelike golf game called Cursed to Golf that came out fairly recently. Yeah. Yeah, it came out over the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And and that is, I haven't played it yet, but I do have it in my library. And so it seems really interesting. I have some friends who have played it and they really like it. So if you want to combine golf and roguelikes, there you go. Yeah. I heard that that's a really challenging one too. Like I heard Uh that one's also really tough. And and is is yours like a a 3D kind of open plane or is it 2D also? Because Curse of the Golf is like 2D. Totally 2D. Yeah, um, 2D at all times. It never goes 3D. So there, there's one other game that I wanted to mention, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's it's like a <laughs> way to go. Korean. No, hold on. There's like a Korean version of Bully. If you ever played the game Bully, I do remember Bully. Yeah, yeah. Except this one is more like um, more focused on, I guess, just beating up Troublemaker is what it's called. Oh, okay. So you are, yeah, well, you're you're just a student who is just like essentially going around campus just fighting bullies or fighting off just like bad people. And it's it looks like a fun beat-em-up. It's 
very positive ratings right now. And uh, I like the art style to it. The It looks like pretty simple comment mechanics. It, it's less about the art of the game itself, more about the, I guess, advertisement kind of art for it and the cutscene art. Because the cutscene okay. and the cover art are like anime, but the actual gameplay is like some kind of rudimentary 3D looking game. So oh. I don't know. It looks fun. I haven't, I don't, I haven't bought it yet. I don't know if I'm going to. But that was just something that reminded me of when yeah, you were saying it was the, the derelict Earth thing that you were talking about or whatever with the golf. Like it reminded me of this game. I also want to mention uh, mention to you specifically. I, I know I'm, I mentioned this once before, but like I started using the Opera GX browser, which I, I really like because you can get all these. Um, not only do you have like tabs and stuff like that, like any of the other ones, but you have like specific like side tab, like workstation kind of tabs also that mm-hmm. can save like a specific group of tabs for you. So you can click on those and it'll open up like um, like I've got like specific workspace tabs tabs for like working. I have certain ones for streaming, stuff like that. And you can just click on that and it'll just pull all those tabs up for you, which is really cool. But one of the really big things is that I really like about this browser that I think will appeal to a lot of folks listening is um, you can um, log in. It gives you tons of updates on like gaming news and stuff. There's a lot of games that you can purchase through there and some games that you can just play straight there in the browser. Um, and a lot of them are good ones like um one we've played before was sort of the necromancer. We we bought it on Steam, but like there was one day that they just had it for free right there in the browser. And I was like, that's awesome. They also have daily deals and stuff. So like at one part on like the main page, the main hub, like they had deals and like what like website that these deals are coming from, like from Steam or Humble Bundle and like things like that. Like I was finding all kinds of games that I'd be interested in that I didn't know were on sale because I wouldn't have looked for a lot of them, but they were just popping up on my like basically my deals feed for games. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely recommend that browser. It's super cool. You can also install like themes into it and stuff. So you can really control everything about how the browser looks. You can install stuff to where the browser itself just plays lo-fi music for you if you start browsing like it just triggers to start playing music which is great like it's really really neat so i just want to throw that out there because that has been my companion for a while interesting that's very strange way to end an episode because this was not this sponsored, by, sponsored opera. by opera gx specifically it absolutely um, was not but not the browser, like an actual opera called GX, G- where they sing. G- GX opera. Yep. It's like one of the singing ones. So, yeah, I just want to let y'all know that. But uh, um, I don't know about you. I'm out of energy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. hungry. I need to go. Yeah, eat. me too. So uh, it's all it's all over, folks. Uh, so until next time. My name's Chris. I'm Joseph. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll catch you. We'll, we'll we'll catch you on the next tree branch. I don't know. How do we end? We need to officially come up with an ending, like catchphrase. I feel like, like we, I like feel an like we inspirational don't, one. We need no, an inspirational ending we need, phrase. We need the opposite because that's not what the show is about. It's okay. Not about- we need, we need an uninspiring end phrase. So we need a, a phrase that'll uninspire everybody at I the think, end. No, I, I really think like. We could have just cut it off after saying, like, I'm tired, <laughs> me too, I'm going to go eat, and that's it. Like, we just, 
Just cut it off. Like, maybe that's funnier. Every episode now, we'll just be like, hey, uh, we're done. And then it just plays music. <laughs> yeah, I think, honestly, that might be the better move. All right, well, there we go. Y'all heard it. <laughs> <laughs>